fellow medicos, and welcome to the Black Box Warning. I'm your host, Noelle Johnson. As a first-year medical student, I've received a revolving door of questions from friends, family, and peers regarding the medical school application. The application process deserves a Black Box Warning. And here, we aim to save your sanity by delving into common questions and pitfalls that occur during the medical application process. To be clear, all statements made in this podcast are based on the opinions and experiences of myself and my guests. These opinions and experiences are not official statements or representative of the medical schools, faculty and staff, or institutions we are a part of and interact with during our medical education. Think you want to go to medical school? Buckle your seatbelts, grab some caffeine, and as always, listen to the Black Box Warning. Welcome everyone today on our episode of the Black Box Warning. Today we'll be talking about the personal statement and I have with me a classmate, Abby McCall. Abby, could you introduce yourself for us? Yeah, so my name is Abby McCall. Um, I am from California. I'm a second year at Wake Forest Medical School and I'm super excited to be here today. Thank you. So we're going to talk about the personal statement today, and we plan to cover brainstorming, editing, some common pitfalls, and hopefully some helpful tips. So Abby, what is the personal statement? So it's basically, the way I think of it, is that it's it's just a short essay um, that you want to write that really conveys the quote-unquote why question, as in why do you want to be a physician? What are your passions? Medical school residency, becoming a physician is a really long road. And so it's important to reflect on and prove to the committees and to yourself um, why you want to be a physician. I think that's a great answer. There's no one way to write this statement. A lot of different approaches are taken, but a common theme is that narrative. You're writing a story and it's your story of how you got here. Exactly. So how should you approach or brainstorm for your personal statement? So I would say everybody's different. For me, um, I just kind of started writing. I would keep notes in my phone. Um, I would just, if I, you know, was sitting out and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I just need to write this down really quick and like write a little blurb about something that popped into my head. And I really think that is a good way to just kind of keep some ideas flowing. Um, But kind of depending on how far away you are from actually applying, um, that will vary. So if you're listening to this and you're a year out, it'd be great to start kind of taking notes about, you know, like, why do I want to apply to medical school in the first place? Um, But if you're really getting closer, it would be better to probably sit down and really just kind of start to get a flow. Um, For me, I ended up having a bunch of different blurbs that didn't necessarily connect. And so then I kind of had to go back through and be like, okay, which one really speaks to me, would speak to other people, um, and can I connect these in any way to make a coherent story about myself? Um, So you can kind of, I started probably two or three different times, maybe more, um, and it really changed over time. So I would just suggest kind of 
writing things down as they come to you and seeing where they go and just keep going from there. I think that's a great point. That's one of the two ways I've found people brainstorm for their personal statement. One is they just start writing. They get things down on paper, Mm -hmm. like make sense of the mess that's in your head. Um, The other thing is I've seen a lot of people reflect or even meditate on the idea, like where should I start? Where should I go? Um, I personally did a combination almost of the two. I like sat in my chair one Saturday in March before like it opened in May. And I was like, I really should think about this a little bit harder. I like to call it my um, Mm -hmm. mid-college crisis because I was like, wait a second, why do I really want to go to medical school and make it sound Mm -hmm. nice? Um, So I use sticky notes. I am a sticky note fanatic. I use them for all kinds of to-do lists and they're all over my computers and right now my walls. Um, (laughs) So I would just take big picture ideas and I'd write them down and maybe like one or two bullet points underneath. And then I actually used voice typing on Google. So I literally oh. um, had a story that I said out loud and was written down mm-hmm. um, through that option. So if you want to try it, it's on tools um, and you can click on voice oh. typing. It's really awesome. I've actually written a number of my essays since doing the same um, idea because it really gets you into a flow. Um, you yeah. have to be used to saying period, <laughs> but other than that, yeah. it's actually a pretty <laughs> great feature. So check that out if you get a chance. No, that's very cool. So what are some tips you'd recommend for current applicants? So I, my main tip would just be to start early. Um, you really want to be able to have a lot of drafts, kind of like both of us have said in different ways, like just thinking about things. And that really allows you to not have to feel like you're forcing something. Um, and then also I would suggest kind of making sure, and and this is, you know, more about activities that you've done in the past, but I would just make sure that you've really done things that make you positive, that this is the path that you want, and maybe not 100% positive, but like 95. Um, And because I have heard from application committee members that they really can tell um, if it's something that you want versus if it's something that your parents want for you. and, and so it's really important to kind of just make sure, like, is this what I want? Is it what someone wants for me? Um, and then I would also say, just read it a lot. Read it out loud, have someone else read it, um, and just kind of let it sit for a day and then read it again, and then let it sit and then read it again. And I think that that kind of constant editing and, and rewording is, is helpful. And we'll definitely cover a little bit more about editing because that is a really big deal and having other people read your statement. So oh, definitely keep listening if you want to hear a bit more about that. So the personal statement is 5,300 characters, which to me always sounded really funky. Mm-hmm. How long should your personal statement actually be? You know, I think that they, they obviously have to get a limit because I'm sure that some people could go on for pages and pages about themselves and why they want to be a physician. But my only suggestion, and this is because this is what one of um, the people that I talked to my application about told me, is just don't go over. You don't have to make it exactly to the character limit at all. If you say your story in 4,000 characters, 
that's that. You don't, you don't want to have a bunch of filler paragraphs or filler sentences just to hit the character limit because usually when you're reading something, you can kind of tell like, oh, this, this isn't that important. It just kind of repeats exactly what they said, you know, over there. Um, so, you know, obviously don't just write a paragraph, but just try to write what you need to write in order to get your story across. I think that's a great point. Don't just write to fill space. That's never a good option whenever you're writing. Definitely um, not. <laughs> but if you need all of those 5,300 characters and you may like in your first draft go over, mm-hmm. um, it's something my uncle, he's a college professor, he says you have to kill your darlings. So at some point, there may be parts of your essay that you can't fit. Um, but that's a great thing when you get to your interviews and they're like, what is something that we don't know about you from your application? You can elaborate on that later. So just because you don't get it in this one essay doesn't mean it can't come across at another point. That, yeah, that's a very good point. All right. So how much personal editing and proofreading should an individual do? Oh, I did. I mean, I did a lot, but that's because when my words come out, um, they come out in a jumble and kind of I ramble. And so for me, I had a lot of personal editing, but I also... I handed it off to people who both did and did not have experience reading these type of essays. Um, I was lucky enough to have my neighbor um, used to read applications for UCSF. And so um, she read my statement for me um, and, you know, didn't give that much feedback, to be honest, because that's just how she is as a person, but um, it was helpful to have both someone like her and someone like my parents who know me really well and um, kind of know more of my story. Um, But also, you know, you don't want to over edit um, because it it may never be perfect. And as medical students, a lot of us are perfectionists. And so you kind of have to learn when to just let it go and hopefully it works out the way it's supposed to. Right. I think in my experience, you should be tired of reading it over and over again, Yes. but you shouldn't be sick of it. I think yes. that is like a good emotional distinction of where you should be in reading your essay. Yeah, I would agree. So should people include aspects of their work and activities sections? That's a tricky question because I think um, the application itself uh, really does, you have the ability in other ways to talk about your activities. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, you could talk about three activities um, at a longer length. And so I don't necessarily think it's a good idea just to say exactly what you said, you know, earlier. It is good, like, your application should make sense and be connected and kind of tell an overarching story. Um, So I think your personal statement should make sense based on your activities and should maybe have some points of connection. Um, But you don't, if you're just expanding on your activities, there's a different section for that. So definitely kind of be careful and just be like, is it connected or is it the same thing just with different words? I think it's a good point. If it's something different or you're giving a different aspect of yourself, 
through your story, definitely include it. If it's just Mm going to be reiterating, you should leave it for another time or cover a different piece of you. Right. Exactly. On that note, what are some common cliches to avoid while writing your personal statement? Oh man. Um, I mean, (laughs) there, yeah, there are definitely a lot. Um, the application readers read so many personal statements. And so you really, the best you can want to avoid things like I've known I've wanted to be a doctor since I was three years old. And it's like, no, you, no, you didn't. Like three-year-old really knows that. (laughs) Exactly. And like, can you even remember anything from when you were three? Probably not. So trying to avoid those statements and really just making it more like um, kind of what sets you apart and what makes you unique. Um, Because believe it or not, we all have something that does. Um, And also um, for those of us that have overbearing parents, they'll be able to tell if your parents wrote it. Right. Because when it comes to the interview, you won't be able to speak on it. Um, or it won't really make sense. So, uh, just avoid, avoid having the classic cliche of like letting your parent really take the reins on or whoever it is that's editing, um, take the reins on like changing what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'd say some common cliches I've heard of one, I want to help people just Mm -hmm. that statement by itself. Um, two, I got injured and was inspired by my doctor. And three, I've always wanted to be a doctor. These are all very great statements, but they're very common. So if you're going to use them, because most of us do have that story, I'm not going to lie, like we fall into the cliche category, but what about your experience made it so medicine is the only field for you? What did you learn on your journey about the world and or yourself that directed you back to medicine and away from other things? For me, I talked about how I was an engineer. And I loved engineering, but it wasn't as exciting to me as going into the OR and going to shadow. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's been brought up um, to me is have five whys. So if you say, I want to help people, Mm -hmm. why? And then you come up with another reason and you keep moving. Because by the time you get to the fifth one, you have something that's very real content. And it may be the fourth, but that gives you Mm -hmm. a great standing to work off of for this. Also, my favorite method... Um, if you're looking at this and you're like, I did a experience, I learned B thing about myself and I'm doing C thing afterwards, or like, that's my next step. So it gives you actionable things to work off of. And that is a really great thing is to create really like your plan and your goals through your personal statement. Definitely. Yeah. You can learn a lot about yourself through, through beginning to write this. I think. I definitely learned a lot about myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we've mentioned a bit about feedback from other people and how you should share your personal statement. How much should you share your personal statement and how much should you listen to the feedback that you get? You know, it's definitely a balance. Um, Kind of like I've mentioned earlier, you, you really want to make sure that if you take the feedback, it's because you truly believe it and think that you can speak on it and that someone was able to say something that you had been trying to say, but hadn't found the words for versus just accepting someone's edits or feedback because you think um, that they will help you get into school. Um, 
So I, it's, it's a balance. And you also, you want to make sure that the people that are reading it either have like a background of, as to why they're reading it. Um, like maybe they've read applications before, they're a current physician, whatever it is. Um, they're a current medical student. Um, or they're someone who knows you really well. Um, and, you know, most of our parents know us pretty well or a sibling um, or a significant other. But it's a tricky balance because if you let everybody read it, everybody's going to have different feedback um, because everybody sees things through their own eyes and their own experiences. And so they will give you feedback based on that. So just make sure when you're giving feedback that you kind of tell yourself and the person, um, you know, I wrote this personal statement. I'd love for you to read it and get your feedback on it. And then I'll kind of see if, if I think it makes sense for me to accept your feedback and really change my essay based on that. I think it's a great point. Don't change your story to someone else's critique. Um, again, this is a narrative mm -hmm. and it's where you're coming from. So definitely get feedback, especially for proofreading, because you're going to read your personal statement so often you're going to go cross-eyed and you're going to miss basic mistakes because what you read is what you think you said, not necessarily what's on paper. Um, so it is what you right. read, what you meant, not what you wrote. Um, so definitely for the editing proofreading, I take more grammar um, edits than any type of personal story edits whenever I write. If someone has a comment on your story, like Abby mentioned, like take it with a grain of salt because your story is yours. And if it makes your story more clear, then that again is fabulous feedback. And you really want that because you'll be able to portray your story better. If somebody was like, well, did you do this in your like experiences? Like that may be a better way to approach this. Then kind of like side eye that person, not actually, but take that with a, a chunk of salt instead because you came up with this story so you don't want to change it just based on someone's coloring of your story itself definitely yeah all right so in your experience abby what is the most important thing we talked about today i really think that the most important thing we talked about was that you know it's called a personal statement for a reason so it's your story definitely get people's feedback both grammatically and content wise, but really make sure that you've taken the time to reflect on it, written out a couple of times, different things, um, so that you can really tell a story that you can not only be proud of, but also speak to in an interview. I definitely think that is the most important thing today. When I would hand my personal statement, and even today, I have a few friends who are, were applying this past year and they asked to read mine. You like hand over your personal statement and you're almost embarrassed because it's like so mm -hmm. personal and you're like, please give me feedback, but oh gosh, you're going to read this. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of how you should feel at the end of it. So mm -hmm. I, def I definitely agree. You're proud, but embarrassed. So that's kind of how that works. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your insight on the personal statement. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future on choosing between MD, PA, and NP school. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me.
Welcome to the break room, everyone. So in each episode of the Black Box Warning, I ask our guests a little bit more about themselves because we are people before we work in the medical field. So Abby, what is an interesting fact about yourself? You know, I thought about this and an interesting fact that I, uh, that people, I'm saying it because people tend to be surprised is that I actually have two tattoos. Okay. What are they? If you don't mind me asking. Um, one is just a statement that says breathe. Uh, and then the other is a symbol that is the national eating disorders awareness symbol. So these are personal to you? Yes. I am not the kind of person that's going to get a tattoo of like a flower. That means nothing. (laughs) Um, I mean, power to you. If you want to use your body as a canvas, that's awesome. But that's not why I get tattoos. And it's always interesting to me why people get tattoos. I'm similar to you in that my tattoo means something to me. Um, so right. I, it's always interesting to see. Like I have a friend who has a daisy on her toe because she wanted one. Like, <laughs> so it's always yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I mean, to like, see, like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So what is your favorite leisure time activity? It kind of depends. So if this, this summer, since a lot of stuff got canceled due to COVID. Um, I've actually been reading a ton. Um, or, you know, on kind of the flip side of that, I really like being active, you know, um, going hiking or running or swimming if I have a pool, which I don't, but <laughs> anything like that. Those are, those are my favorite things to do. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite book from the pandemic era? <laughs> yes, actually. There was, I read one book um, called Lilac Girls. It's a story based in uh, World War II time, and it follows three different women all experiencing kind of Nazi Europe in different ways, and it ends up that their stories kind of connect and tie into each other. So it's, it's a really cool story, and it's loosely based on um, some real people, which is always fun to read. That's awesome. That sounds really interesting. So... My final question, do you listen to music while you study? I honestly don't. I can't can't focus with lyrics. Um, I have, weirdly enough, I have song lyrics like running in my head most of the day anyway, but I'm very impressed with people who can listen to lyric-based music when they study because I simply cannot. That's all right. It's a certain headspace. It can be very difficult to get there depending on the music. When you're listening to music outside of studying, what do you listen to? I have a very weird, broad range of music. Um, And according to some, it actually varies depending on the time of day. Um, So in the morning, I tend to listen to more like country or alternative or like more indie rock kind of music. Mm -hmm. And then as the day progresses, it gets more like hip-hop, rap, pop, like more. Keep you awake. <laughs> those, those kind of things. So exactly, yeah. So, so it really varies based on the day and the time of day. All right. Do you have a favorite artist? I mean, my all-time favorite artist has to be Blink-182, just okay. by principle. But mm-hmm. I, I like plenty of other music as well. I'm not just like a alt-punk kind of gal. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today and telling us a little bit more about yourself.
Thanks for listening to our episode today from the Black Box Warning. I'd like to thank my editor, Valerie Blakely, for her work behind the scenes to make this podcast possible. Feel free to subscribe for updates or send me an email at theblackboxwarning at gmail.com. I'd love to receive questions, topic ideas, and constructive feedback as we build our content library. Also, feel free to share with me on how your own medical journey is faring. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and as is always recommended, listen to the Black Box Warning.